podcast where we cast the light of God into a dark world. My name is Amy Myers and I share insights and discoveries that God shows to me as a way to bring light into your day and any darkness that you might be experiencing. Part of this insight and discovery today is redemption and redemption not just for eternity but also for now. Right now, God wanting to redeem our lives right now. We love the redemption that is promised for eternity, and we hold on to that hope, and it guides us forward. God is also showing me through a a passage I wanted to share with you today about how he redeems us now, especially with so many things going on in this world where um, there's chaos, there's, there's difficulties, there are lots of evil things happening in this world, and some things may be going well for you, and maybe some things are not going as well for you, and we see blips of different goodness popping up in different places but then it somehow seems to be overpowered by all of the darkness that we see so this is um, my hope that this twofold aspect of being redeemed is something that we can step into and learn a little bit more about how we can apply this in our days now as well as our hope for the future so as I've mentioned before what I try to do is share a little bit about how God shows me these things as a way to equip you and and guide different options or different ideas that perhaps you might be willing to try to understand ways to get closer to God or ways to hear from the Lord a little bit more Um, just as a way to say it's more than just theory And many times people will say, oh, you need to have a relationship with Jesus or you need to have a relationship with God. And many times I've found people don't know how to do that. There's lots of ideas that we should. And many people will just say, read your Bible, which is beautiful. And it absolutely guides you to the truth of God and who God is, especially who Jesus is. That really, really, really shows you the truth. And you need to do that. It's just that that's not where it ends, and that's not the only place, and that's not the only area where God moves. It is It substantiates and confirms and will never deny what he's showing us. The Bible shows us all those things, but there are these times when we don't understand what's happening, and we don't always know how to connect those two. So that's why I try to equip you on understanding how do we connect those two kinds of aspects of our of our life Um, because we want to use our minds and we want to read it and we want to also understand what's happening so this was one of those circumstances and today we're talking about redemption the big word being redeem and this was I one of the patterns that I do is I would either sit and pray with the Lord and ask him to say what's on your heart and what passage do you want me to look at today or sometimes I'll just open up my Bible And sometimes I'll see something right away and he'll kind of draw my eyes to it and I'll know that that's what he wants to show me. And then I, or sometimes I'll read for a while and I'll say, Lord, I'm not really sure what you're trying to show me here was, did I, did I miss that? Should I turn to a different page? So it's this ongoing conversation of trying to always recognize that God doesn't do things in the same way every time. We can't put him in a box and sometimes he'll disrupt our common routine or he'll get quiet in a common routine because he wants to stretch us and to move us forward a little bit. So that's where this happened today. So I open up my book, uh, my Bible on my lap, and I opened up to Ruth 4. Um, this is kind of early parts of the Old Testament. And in the Hebrew Bible, it's it's the, the 
the Hebrew scriptures is in with the we call it the Old Testament, New Testament, and the Hebrew faith describes it more as the the scriptures. And the book of Ruth, actually, even though it many might think it's in another portion of the scriptures, um, it's in the historical books. It's considered a historical record of how King David, his lineage, the lineage of King David, and what it is used in the New Testament scriptures is King David's line also travels through all the way to Jesus. So both of these lines end up being significant in the aspect of describing lineage. So not important to everybody, but God put it in the scripture, so I pay attention to it. So it's in the historical books as opposed to the wisdom literature and other aspects, um, or in the Torah, which is the first five books of the Hebrew scriptures. So one thing I tell you, the word redeem, it's in here 11 times, and this book is only four little short chapters. It's a very quick, short story. And the word redeem is actually in there 11 times. One other notable component about it is that it describes a situation where a family used to be in the city of Bethlehem, left to go to Egypt because of a famine. The husband and wife have sons, the two sons get married, and eventually the two sons and the husband die. So these three women are left there. And in that culture, it's very difficult to survive. And so there are not a lot of options. So the the mother, whose name is Naomi, said, encourages the daughters-in-law to go back to their families who are from that area. And Naomi is going to go back home to Bethlehem now that the famine has ended there. And one of the daughters stays in that territory and then one daughter named Ruth comes with her and in the process of many things Ruth says I want to help to help help both of them in the sense like they need to eat so the way the culture provided for people who didn't have much who were impoverished they would allow them to go on the edges of the field after the harvest and take sort of the leftovers so they could gather that up go home and smash it down and make flour out of it and survive it was considered an honorable thing to do to allow for those um, less able to gather and, and work for their food sources. That's the dynamic we're faced with here. And it turns out that Boab, I'm sorry, Boaz, um, is a near relative to Naomi's husband. Um, but that's not necessarily known in the beginning of the, the past, at the beginning of the story. And eventually, Boaz looks kindly upon Ruth. There is a effectively a, a marriage proposal that ends up being organized sort of by Naomi. There's lots of cultural aspects to it that I don't want to go into here, but there's lots of cultural aspects. And Boaz says, I would like you, I would like to redeem your family, your family, Naomi's family, Naomi and Ruth and redeem this whole situation, but I can't do it because there's a closer relative. And these relatives are called kinsmen. Um, and a redeemer is just somebody who basically takes an impoverished relative and pays for their property so that they can have financial resources to survive. And it's called a redeemer. And it can be somebody who is a man with a family. It can be, in this situation, a widow and her family's property that there is no male heir, but it hasn't been taken away from her. And so this other relative has a right to it first. So Boaz goes to negotiate this to try to make sure that he gets to redeem this mother and daughter and the property. 
So that brings us to the portion where I opened up my Bible and I feel like the Lord pressed um, Ruth 4, 6 on me. So I read it and this is it. So then the Redeemer, who is the relative, said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I impair my own inheritance. Please take my right of redemption for yourself, for I cannot redeem it. So the relative is saying, I can't do the redeeming because it's going to spread me too thin. I'm unable to do this. It will cause the rest of my inheritance of my family that I already have. I just, I cannot financially do this. So Boaz agrees to then take the property, take the, redeem the whole situation. And that's, and I, and it was left there and I thought, well, okay, God, I know the rest of the story because the rest of the story is that Boaz redeems the whole situation. He's pointed to by Christians today as a, a sort of an image or a shadow of what Jesus would do later on because he came and got these women who were just had, had lack of life in so many ways and redeemed their whole situation. They turned it all from sorrow to joy, from despair to happiness, from bitterness to life, from being childless to then Ruth ends up having a child, which then becomes in the lineage of David. So all of these things, this contrast of things that weren't going well to all being redeemed. So more than just the property, the whole life was redeemed. And so that's a so oftentimes people will point to Jesus redeemed our life as well. He came and redeemed our life for the better. So in this passage, I, I'm literally saying to God, okay, help me understand more fully. Like I understand this, that you've redeemed us by your sacrifice, your resurrection. I see the connection. Um, you already redeemed it. Can you just help me understand why? Verse four, four, verse six, why are you pointing out the relative who couldn't do it? And that's what was so interesting. Because if you look at the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament, in that time, God set up a system where the people had to atone for their sin by making all these sacrifices. They would go to the temple, they would make these sacrifices, and quite honestly, it was very laborious, but not any one of them could permanently cause their sin to be forgiven. It was temporarily forgiven, but Jesus was able to redeem or to remove sin in totality. So what was once unable to do what was necessary to forgive sin, there was a final situation where the sin was totally forgiven. And that is sort of what this kinsman redeemer was. This kinsman redeemer was the closest relative, but they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. They could not provide salvation for this family similar today only Jesus could redeem it only Jesus could take it on that's one part and I said well okay I get that Lord but I understand that that was kind of that that contrast and he pressed me more and the Lord gave me this sense that he said I will redeem your life and immediately I knew and he gave me this sense not just for forever but your life now. There was a sense that that fullness of redemption for Ruth and Naomi and all that had happened and all that he redeemed and all of those beautiful provisions that he provided, that protection and that um, the land, the protection, the family and the lineage and all of these things, all of the situation, 
had been redeemed. Their actual life here on earth before eternity had been redeemed. So that was so interesting because I I knew that because we know Holy Spirit came for that reason. But it was beautiful to see that in this tiny little passage, God could say, see, I had a plan even then. I knew what I was doing even then. This is before the first king of Israel was ever appointed. This was so long ago, and God's pointing to all of these things. But the redemption was not just for eternity. The redemption was for now. And Jesus even spoke to this often. And this is what's so beautiful. This is where I'm hoping you can capture this vision of redemption being more than future that Jesus is relevant to your life now and not just for the future, especially as so many things are going on right now that are chaotic and strange and we can't understand what's going on. We have the opportunity to have wisdom and insight and knowledge and strategies and direction about how to walk through what we are all facing in this day, all of that uncertainty. We have that opportunity and Jesus spoke about it before he left this earth. In John 14, Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth. The world cannot receive him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and he will be in you. And I will not leave you as orphans, for I will come to you. Another passage the, he, the Holy Spirit is described as the helper or the advocate and the spirit of truth. And Jesus says the reason why God is guiding us, why he's bringing us the spirit of truth, he shows us in John 16. And Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And then later he will declare to you the things that are to come. So he there is this very specific thing that Jesus says will happen after he leaves. His spirit will be here and his spirit will guide us and his, his spirit will bear witness to Jesus. His spirit will guide us into truth. He will speak to us in a way that we can understand. Because there are many things that we do not know that God wants us to know. Even Paul in the Colossians would pray, in the book of Colossians, prayed for the the Colossian people. He said, I'm praying that the knowledge, that I'm praying for all spiritual wisdom. I'm praying that the knowledge of God, the will of God, that you may receive the will of God through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. The will of God is knowing what his answer is for our right now. Plenty of it is in scripture. But some of, it, some of what we're experiencing now, we can't have the totality of how to respond. We can have an attitude of response, but the Holy Spirit guides into all truth. He guides us to the scripture that we need to understand, to have a good attitude, and then he can give us specific guidance on what to do with that information. That's wisdom. Knowledge is knowing it. Wisdom is the application of that. And that's what the Holy Spirit's meant to do. So... The redeeming that Jesus did was for now and to come. Just as in our story, the redemption was in that moment and it was for the future. It did lots of things that redeemed her life, redeemed their life now. So I'm hoping you can be encouraged by this. I know it's um, 
breaking down a lot of sort of scripture passages today, but it's exciting to see how God weaves throughout the whole of the Bible, all the pieces of himself, the same things that Jesus is describing in his walk when he walked through the earth and it's recorded through the first four books of the Bible. We call them the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's described in there, but it's, it's weaved throughout all of scripture. So much of who Jesus is and who um, we could, people could look out to see who was coming, what he would look like and how he would behave and the different kinds of things he would do was weaved all throughout the whole scripture because God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. God is the same now. That's why he's in our now and he's the same tomorrow because he'll be the same tomorrow and for eternity. So it makes sense that he wants to redeem our lives now and for the future. Okay, so how do we apply this? How do we do this? How do, how do we make that make sense for our day? How do we make this relevant to us? Well, first we've got, like I said, our attitudes and our the way we look at things can be changed. And then the wisdom that we receive, the understanding and guidance from the Holy Spirit, we can ask God to help us be able to do that accurately, more frequently, and in a way that we understand. So some simple prayers might be, God, could you redeem my heart too? Could you redeem my heart? Could you redeem my thoughts? Could you redeem my life? Could you redeem those broken places? Could you redeem those wounded things in my heart? Could you redeem those old habits that I don't remember signing up for, but somehow I feel trapped in? Could you take me out of those? Could you remove those? Could you redeem my life of those things? Could you cause my life to see your goodness, your love, your peace, both in my mind and in my heart, but in my circumstances, God? Help me to see how to bring goodness and life into my circumstances right in front of me. And God, I ask you to open my eyes to see you throughout my day in a new way that I didn't see before. And God, can you give me ears to hear what you might be saying, whether it's what somebody else is saying to me, or maybe when I read the Bible, could you let me be drawn to a certain passage, or could you let me understand things in a new way? Could I, could you help me to practice hearing your voice to understand it's really you? Could you help me find times to be quiet? Maybe it's not that easy being quiet for all of you. Maybe you just start practicing when you go to sleep and you take a minute or two and, and ask God, God, help me. Help me to know how you want to redeem my heart. Let me know your heart for me. Let me think upon your thoughts. Can you put those inside of me? My main point is that we want to find ways to bring God into our everyday, to pursue looking for God in our everyday, to pursue understanding how does he operate? What does he do? Because I'll tell you right now, all of the crazy stuff that's going on, all of the evil and all of the different things that we see on the news, that's not God. That is not God. That is not punishment. That is not God. That is evil doing what evil likes to do. John chapter 10, verse 10 says, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus came to give life and life abundantly. So if you see things that are evil, destructive, hurtful, harmful, those things are not of God. Redemption 
carries goodness and love. That's what God carries. So when we see those things, we can say, God, help me not to experience those. God, help me to see this from your perspective. Help me to fill my days and fill my images and fill the things that I watch with goodness and light. See, we have to take captive those thoughts. We have to, we have to decide what we're going to watch, what we're going to see, and what we're going to let in. Because the devil doesn't mess around. And if you have listened to some of my previous broadcasts on tricks and lies or other ways that the devil doesn't mess around. He's got lots of tactics. And in this increasing time of struggle and, and, and chaos and hardship and other things that are going on, we want to know the mind of God. God, the creator of all things who established and formed the earth. We want to know his ideas for what we can do because his ideas are a lot better. His ideas carry with it greater wisdom. So as you read the scriptures, you try to hear the voice of God and you ask him to help you practice, perhaps you write it down a little bit, you will begin to understand what God is saying and what God is not doing and be able to compare it to what God is doing. If it's filled with destruction and death and all of those other things, that's evil. That's not of God. And the more we proclaim the power of God, we sit in the power of God and we dwell and contemplate and look to God, we fill up with him. And if more of us fill up with the goodness of God and the love of God, the patience, humility, and kindness of God, we will then be a light in the darkness. We will then push back darkness in our own sphere of influence, in our own life. We will be able to push back those things that are coming at us. We will be able to create the light of God around us because the light of God will be coming from inside of you and pressing outward. And that redeems your life. That redeems your life for eternity, but it, it, it redeems your life for right now and the days to come. As we step forward in the days and the weeks and the months to come, that is what redeems us for now. And God is proclaiming, I, I want to participate in this with you, but you only get this wonderful, beautiful, loving wisdom and kindness and understanding and transformation inside of you when you sit with me because only God can pour it into you. Only he can fill you up with himself. Only he can do that. So I thank you, God. I thank you for all of these people listening. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your kindness. I thank you for your power. I thank you for your redemption. Your redemption for now and your redemption for eternity. Oh God, for those who don't know either, I pray that you would open their eyes and their hearts to receive who you are, Jesus. The God of all, fully man, fully God, you came to this earth, died and resurrected so that all sin may be forgiven. And all you ask is that we believe you, that we believe that you did, and that we confess with our mouth that, yes, we can't do it on our own. And Jesus, forgive us of our sins. Please take my heart. Please take my life and guide me to this place of redemption, that redemption for eternity, but that redemption for now. And for those who already know Jesus or who have already been walking with him for a time, ask him to just redeem any part of your life, any part of your life that isn't going well. Any part that is out of sorts, God, redeem 
God, redeem those people's lives as well. Please come, come, God. Show us all your Holy Spirit has to offer. Show us, Holy Spirit, all that you want to show us, declare for us, and point us toward the wisdom. And just as Paul prayed in the book of Colossians, God, I pray that you would reveal to everyone listening the knowledge of your will, of your redemption, through spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that we may walk in a way that is worthy of you, God, bearing good fruit for all the good things. God, we just ask that you would help us to walk in redemption, walk in what you did for us. Open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts. We praise you and thank you. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you feel a little refreshed, feel a little emboldened, feel a little empowered because the God who created everything wants to redeem your life. And when God is in you, he has the power to make massive transformations that create light wherever you go. And I pray that you would be desiring the light of God to guide your days, to guide your thoughts, to guide your hearts. Blessings upon you, and I pray that you will just continue to come back and hear the different things that the Lord is saying. But most of all, I pray that you will come near to God because he promises when you do, he will also come near to you.